eats with sinners, joy, joy. Um, what are some things that we like to celebrate? I mean, if, if I got each one, each of you to come up here, get, we'd all have different things that we love to celebrate. Uh, like your your favorite sports team. Uh, anybody? Most probably most of us are already out of the NCAA tournament, right? <laughs> um, uh, except uh, I don't know. Is anybody left? I don't think anybody that we care about is. Maybe maybe some of you have some foreign teams that you like. Uh, but uh, uh, I know Jackie was disappointed because Tennessee's out. But I think the girls are still in, aren't they? Uh, Jackie graduated from Tennessee, so that's the reason she likes that foreign team. Um, maybe a birthday, your birthday, or, or uh, somebody else's. Uh, Riley Lafferty had a big celebration yesterday here at the church. Um, a marriage or an anniversary. We like to celebrate anniversaries we, as long as we husbands remember it. Um, uh, a sunny day. Uh, I, I enjoyed Friday. It was a beautiful sunny day compared to a couple of days before that. Uh, when it's time for vacation to start, how many of us are like woohoo vacation time? Uh, just the weekend. Sometimes we celebrate the weekend or a day off. Or um, how about a good report from the doctor? That's that's a good celebration. Uh, the hurricane turned and went out to sea. I've, I've celebrated that one a few times. The Fourth of July is always a fun celebration. Uh, the end of the school year. When I was a kid, man. That was a big deal, and I'm sure for you teachers, it still is. Graduation, all kinds of times, moments of celebration. One of my most memorable celebrations for, uh, in my life was Thanksgiving of 2012. 2012, Thanksgiving of 2012. Jack and I were, were gathered at my son Jason's house with uh, Jason and his wife, Terry, and our granddaughter, Ariel. And, uh, and also Terry's parents were there. Bill and Denise Piner were also there. Uh, we had our meal, and after the meal, we all gathered around in a circle, st- stood around in a circle and in the living room, and, uh, and Jason suggested that, that we all just tell one thing that we're all thankful for. <clears throat> and so one by one, we all said what we were thankful for. And you, you know, it was the usual things, family, friends, uh, blessings from God, things like that. Um, the last one to speak was little Ariel, who was four years old. Uh, and uh, her dad said, what are you thankful for, Ariel? And, and right on cue, Ariel said, I'm thankful that I'm going to have a little brother or sister soon. <laughs> so, and we had no clue about it, the, Jackie or I or Bill and, and Denise. And so you can imagine the joy that, uh, that we experienced, the four grandparents, uh, as we heard that announcement um, that we did not see coming. A- Ariel had done a perfect job, uh, bless her heart, of keeping it a secret the whole time. And, and right on cue, she, she did exactly what they had coached her to do. Uh, and boy, it was, a, it was a, a memorable family celebration. And a few months later, we celebrated again as... Lydia, our, our, our fourth grandchild, was born. Uh, and, and now today, Lydia's nine years old. So uh, what, what a great experience that was. Cel- celebrations are great, aren't they? Especially if we're celebrating something that has a long lifespan, or, you know, that lasts for a long time, like a grandchild. 
uh, that's a wonderful celebration. You know, a team championship is great. Uh, we always love that our, when our favorite team wins the championship. Uh, but, but we know, of course, none of us will experience that this year uh, in, in NCAA, but uh, we know how great that is, but we also know how short-lived it is, don't we? I mean, you, you celebrate for a week or two or a month or so, but by the time the next season starts, everybody's already forgot about who won last year, and that's not important anymore. Um, but something like a marriage or a birth, uh, that's something you celebrate all your life. And how about something that we could celebrate for eternity? Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, and that's really what we've been talking about for the past several weeks, seeking relationships with people in our lives that would lead to an eternal celebration, the salvation of their soul. Joy is the next in essential ingredient that we're going to add to our intentional relationship stew or file. Um, an intentional relationship is a relationship in which we, we simply seek to intentionally love someone so that when the time is right, we can share the gift of Jesus, uh, the story of Jesus with them so that they can have the, the blessing, if they choose it, to have their sins forgiven by God's grace. Um, and, and here's what we've learned from Jesus so far. By his example and by his teaching, well, when it comes to what it takes to love like Jesus loved, the ingredients that we need to have in this intentional relationship, let's look at them again, integrity, being real, uh, accessibility, removing barriers, grace, understanding that we're sinners too, faith, trusting God to be with us as we seek these relationships. Uh, intimacy, being willing to develop close friendships with people who are far from God. Tolerance, tolerating sinners. Not their sin, but sinners. Um, resolve, refusing to quit until we reach the goal of sharing Jesus with them. Urgency, Jesus' return is closer than it's ever been before. Time's running out. Mercy. Deciding to leave revenge and punishment in God's hands and give people what they do not deserve, as we did not deserve it either. Investment, a willingness to give whatever it takes to help people find God's grace. And so today, let's add joy. You know, joy is such a wonderful blessing that, that Christians can have because it's something that any follower of Jesus, no matter what's happened in their lives, is blessed by. Um, uh, uh, no matter what the circumstance is in your life, uh, we can experience joy. We can experience joy, of course, when things are going great. Uh, that one's easy. But you know what? We can also experience joy when things are going anything but great. In fact, we can experience joy when things are going terrible. There's still the blessing of joy that's there for us. Um, no matter what, there's always hope in Christ. No matter where we are or what we're facing, there's always the hope that Jesus gives every single one of us. No matter what this life throws at us, we can always know, as we say, the, the whole message of the book of Revelation is what? In the end, we win. In the end, we win. And of course, throughout the book of Revelation, it's just a story of a lot of turmoil and, 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 and difficult times. Uh, but in the end, we win, and, and that's 
what can give us joy. Um, one of the characteristics of joy is celebration. That's one of the things we can do because of joy. Uh, we get to spend eternity with Jesus. No matter what this world throws at us, we get to spend eternity with Jesus. Hope in Jesus is something that, that we can celebrate now, and of course we will celebrate for eternity. Um, and that makes the celebration of our favorite team winning the championship sort of seem like a cheap Cracker Jack prize, doesn't it? The celebration of a lost soul being found is the greatest celebration that we could ever be a part of. And here's the cool thing about that, celebrating a lost soul being found. It's a celebration that we can experience time and time and time again. It's not just a one-time thing. It's something that if we are serving Christ, we can experience it all the time. We can experience our own salvation, yeah, but we can also experience a celebration of anyone that, that we've sought a relationship with and we've helped uh, learn and know about Jesus. And, and when they eventually decide to accept Jesus as their Savior, man, we get to celebrate that every time when they receive the gift of hope of spending eternity with God. And it's a, it's a no-brainer, right? It's a no-brainer. Can, can you think of anything greater to celebrate than the eternal salvation of a soul? I mean, obviously, nothing could be greater than that. But here's the reality check for us, as we've been talking about throughout this series. In our top ten list of life celebrations... If I could catch you off guard and you weren't trying to, to, to give me the right answer. <laughs> In our top ten list of life celebrations, where do we find our own salvation? Would we automatically, whoop, salvation through Jesus Christ. Is that going to always automatically, without even thinking about it, be at the top? Um, shouldn't it be? Shouldn't it be? How about the salvation of others? their salvation and, and, and the, the, the desire to celebrate their salvation. Is that even on our list at all? To celebrate other people's salvation? Again, shouldn't that be also? Why do we follow our favorite football team or basketball team or, or whatever sport that we follow, a hockey team? Why, why do we follow them from game to game every season, checking the scores and you know, why do, we, why do we watch the games and look at the news and, and check out the injuries and the, the, the stats of all the players? Why, why are we constantly looking at those things and interested? Why do we care about those things, right, when we have a favorite team? Isn't it because we hope that this year they're going to win the championship? You know, and, and especially if they're having a good season, you know, we want to we wanna stay on top of it. So, you know, it just kind of helps. It, it, it gives us motivation to just make sure and see that things are going well for them during the week. Uh, and, and so we do that for our favorite team. But uh, unless you're uh, a New England Patriot fan back in the Tom Brady era, <laughs> most of us do not get to celebrate championships. You know, it's rare, isn't it? I mean, the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl was in 1996, I think. I mean, it was, you know, that was a long time ago. Um, uh, but we, do we give up on our favorite team, you know, when, when they don't, year after year after year, they don't win the championship? Of course we don't, not if we're real fans. Um, 
Because why? There's always next year. Next year's the year. Next year's the year uh, that they're going to win the championship. So we're faithful to them because we want to see, we want to see that celebration of a championship. What if we had that same attitude about seeking an intentional relationship with people in our life? That we seek opportunities to eat with people uh, that we know in our lives. People who are far from God. People who need God's grace. Um, we eat with them. We talk with them. We, we reach out to meet a need for them. We listen to them, to what's going on in their life. Why, why would we do that? Why, why would we dedicate ourselves to doing something like that? Because if we have the right attitude about it. We want to see a victory in their life. We want to see a victory. We're not doing it just to fulfill and check off. Well, I did that. Now we want to see the victory of the salvation of their soul. We want to be able to celebrate with them one day when they finally understand that they need Jesus and they proclaim him as their Savior. We, we know it's not easy. We've been talking about that all along. An intentional relationship uh, takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of resources. It takes a lot of energy. We, we talked about the investment that it, that's involved in an intentional relationship last year. Uh, it takes putting their needs ahead of our own. But isn't the anticipation of celebrating their salvation worth whatever it might cost? I mean, if we think about it and put it in perspective, we have to agree that that's true. You know, I can tell you one person who would agree that the salvation of a lost soul is the greatest celebration possible. Jesus would agree with that. Jesus would agree with that. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells three famous parables that we've talked a little bit about in Sunday school recently um, that illustrate to us just how important every lost soul is to God. No matter how they got lost, God cares about them and loves them. When a legalistic religious leader complained to Jesus about the fact that he was eating with sinners, even uh, you know, sharing intimate things like eating a meal with them, Jesus told the story of three lost things. Uh, a sheep, a coin, and a son. A shepherd had a hundred sheep. Uh, and he discovered one day, one evening, when he was putting them up into the fold, one of them was missing. He was lost and nowhere to be, to be seen. Now, sheep are not real smart animals. Uh, they're a lot like my late dog, Maddie, uh, who didn't have a whole lot of sense. She was a sweet little thing, but she wasn't very smart. Um, uh, sheep are like that. You know, when, when sheep wander away, they, they, they can't find their way home. They, they can't protect themselves. Uh, and, and stay out of trouble. And if, if they're not found, they could easily perish, easily be eaten by uh, Willy Coyote. I mean, it's, a, it, it's, it's, it's not good when a sheep gets lost. So the shepherd, who cared as much for the one lost sheep as he did for the 99 that were saved, went out to try to find that lost sheep. And when he found the sheep, he carried it home, and he had a celebration for it. For that one sheep. Luke chapter 15, verse 5 and 6. And when he finds it, the sheep, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. 
Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Now, why would the shepherd go to so much trouble to, to celebrate the finding of one smelly, not-so-smart sheep? Because, as Jesus points out in his parable, this isn't a parable about God and you and me. That's the point of the story. In verse 7, he said, I tell you that in the same way as this sheep story that I'm telling you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who, who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Wow. One person brings a celebration in heaven. And, and they're more excited about that than they are with the 99 that are already there. The shepherd is God in this story. And the sheep is you and me. The sheep is a person who's lost. A person who is separated from God. A, purpose, a person who is in danger of perishing for eternity in hell. Separated from God for eternity. The friends and the neighbors, who are they? Well, they're the angels in heaven. We learned that from, from the other story. Uh, they celebrate with God when you and I accept Jesus or anybody accepts Jesus as their Savior. The angels and God celebrate in heaven when you became a Christian, when I became a Christian, when anybody that we know becomes a Christian. The celebration is not for a lost sheep. The celebration that in this story is for a precious soul like you and me and anybody that we can lay our eyes on the second story is about a woman who lost a coin uh, it, it was a coin that was worth about a day's wages so just think about what you make every day that's about that coin was worth that um, she lost it she misplaced it um, she wasn't looking out for uh, where she had put it. She just forgot where she put it. It wasn't like the sheep that, who mindlessly wandered away because they didn't have enough sense. Uh, uh, no, this was her fault. She, she didn't pay attention to where it was. Um, still, regardless of whose fault it was, it was very important for this woman to find her lost coin. So she lit a lamp. She tore the house apart until she found this coin. Ah, there it is, right where I put it. <laughs> or, oh, it fell off the back of the table onto the floor. Now, what does she do? She did the same thing that the shepherd did. Verse 9, and when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. Now, why so much fuss over one little coin? Because the story's not about a coin. It's about the same thing that the shepherd's story was, the lost sheep. Um, we're the coin. We're the coin. And if we're not found, the consequence is eternal separation from God. Verse 10, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. That's just amazing to me to think about how important our soul is to God and to all of heaven, to all of heaven. As with the woman and her coin, every soul is precious, so precious that when one soul is found, 
God and the angels have a heavenly celebration. And then Jesus tells one of the most famous stories of, of his ministry. Uh, we call it the prodigal son. Uh, it's the story of a young man who decides that he no longer wants to live with his father and his family. As Aaron Chambers, the, the author of Eats with Sinners, uh, said, he wanted his father to be dead <laughs> in, a, in a real sense because normally, when do you get your inheritance? Not while your father's alive, but after they die. And so he was kind of wishing that his dad was already gone so he could get a hold of that inheritance. So he asked his son, hey, could, what, what, what's the chances of me going, in, going ahead and getting that? You think that's possible? And, and his dad, his dad loved him so much. And I don't know, maybe this wasn't a good tough love, but, but uh, loved him so much. He said, okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and give it to you. I'll go ahead and give it to you. And he did. So the son takes the inheritance, I got it, I got it, and he runs out into the world and just lives it up for a certain period of time, spending, buying everything he wants, any, all the things he dreamed about, got lots of friends, lots of friends, until all the money ran out, and then no more friends, no more money, took a job working with pigs, which was a, a terrible thing for a Jewish boy to have to do. He longed to eat the food the pigs were eating. That's where he was. He was so hungry. Um, you couldn't get any lower than that for a Jewish boy. He decides to go home. It says he, he came to his senses. What am I doing? He came to his senses, went home to ask forgiveness, and to ask if he could just be a servant in his father's house. At least I'd have good food, and I'd have a roof over my head, a place to sleep. And as he approached, approached his house, his father, who had been regularly watching down the road, hoping and praying that, that one day he would see his son coming down that road, saw him, his father saw him coming down the road, and he ran to meet him, and he kissed him, and he welcomed him home. Now, this is kind of cool. His father did not punish him or scold him. With your dads, when you when you messed up, did you ever hit get the old "I told you so" you know routine and uh, what you know I told you and you should have not been so stupid or whatever. Um, you know this this guy didn't get any of that. He didn't get any of that. There was no scolding. There was no punishment for what he had done. The father could only celebrate the fact that his lost son was found. That's all he cared about. That's all he cared about. And the father held a great feast to celebrate the fact that he was safely home. Now the who's who in this story, pretty obvious, you know. Uh, God is the father. The son is anyone, anyone, you and me, uh, who by our own rebellion has purposely run away from God. I mean, we, we've probably... Uh, been there before. Now, there's also a story about an older brother that, that's a, got a lot of lessons in it, too. But let's focus on this, just the younger son today. You know, we've all been there to some degree or another. You know, we, we've rebelled against God. Um, uh, we've rebelled against his call to serve, to obey, to worship. Uh, how many of us have squandered our money and our time and our energy 
uh, doing the things that we knew we shouldn't be doing or that our parents told us we shouldn't do when we were younger or maybe not so young. We were not wise. We didn't, we thought we were smarter than God, you know. I remember thinking that. I remember thinking, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing exactly what I've always wanted to do. And I am so wise to do this. We've been there. Yet, there's some point where if you're here today, you probably came to your senses one day and you're like, what, a, what in the world am I doing? As the son did. And we decided to come home. And we decided to ask for forgiveness. Uh, and understand this. When we were out there squandering and living it up and ignoring God, God was watching down the road for us and hoping, I sure hope he'll come home. Maybe he'll come home today. Maybe he'll come home today. God was watching for you and for me when we were out there squandering our, 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 our life. And when he saw you coming down the road, whenever that was, maybe it was coming down the aisle one Sunday when, when the, the invitation was given, or maybe when you were a youngster at camp and there was a campfire service and, and something struck your heart and you came forward and, and you accepted Christ and were baptized that week of camp. Whenever that was, whenever it was that you came to your senses and you came down the road, God ran to meet you. God ran to meet you. Think about that. God, the creator of the universe ran to greet you and welcome you and celebrate with you when you came down the road, whenever that was. He did not scold you. Now, what in the world were you thinking anyway? You were being so boneheaded. Why? Why? He didn't do that. He didn't do that. No matter what it was, he didn't scold you and he didn't punish you. Now, maybe we scolded ourselves. And maybe other people scolded us. Um, and God does want us to admit our mistakes. It's called repentance. You know, God, this is, and just, and the son did that too. I, I, I was just so stupid. Why did I do that? Lord, I'm so sorry for what I did. And, and I'm, I'm never going to do that again. With your help and your strength, I'm going to start living the way you want me to live. That's called repentance. He does want us to admit the mistakes we made. Yet he doesn't scold us or punish us for the mistakes we made. All of our sins are in the past, never to be mentioned again by God. Now, other people might mention it, but God's never going to mention it again. In fact, it's as if we never did it in the first place when we come down the road to God. And then on top of all of that, God and his angels give a great celebration, gave a great celebration the day that you came down the road, the day that I came down the road. God and the angels had a great celebration. We were lost, but now we're found. It's been said, what we celebrate says a lot about us. Think about that. What is, what is something that just really gets you pumped up and really gets you going? Woohoo! Yeah! Maybe it says we love sports. Maybe it says we love our family, we love our grandchildren. Does, does a, a, a soul being found make us go, woohoo? 
It should, shouldn't it? Let's think about the fact that God celebrates when we come home. And unless that, let's let that motivate us to want to celebrate to see other people come down the road, come home to God. Let's get excited about the, the idea of helping someone experience the same thing that you and I experienced whenever that was. God seeing them walk down the road and running to meet them. Let's celebrate that and look forward to that celebration and the the celebration that's going to go on in heaven when they come down that road don't we want to be a part of that we can be if we decide i'm going to be a part of that and seek out relationships with people in our lives so that we can experience the joy of that celebration but it's got to be important to us or we'll never do it we got to put it up on the very top of our celebration list, things we celebrate list, or, or it'll never happen. Can you see it? Can, can you feel the excitement, the joy of seeing someone that you've had an intentional relationship with who decides to finally go home and is welcomed by their Father in heaven? Can you feel that? Can you see that? Can you taste it? So, let's you and I get pumped up about it. Let's get pumped up about that moment. And let's be motivated to do whatever it takes in the lives of people in our lives to have that great celebration with God when they're safely home in the arms of God. Father, I thank you so much for the, the great stories that, of the, the sheep and the coin and the son. Lord, you told those stories because there's, there, there are things that the people of that day and of today, we can understand lost things that we care about. We care about lost money, and we care about lost animals, lost pets. Um, hopefully, Lord, we, we all, and certainly we would care about a lost son or daughter. We can really relate to that. Lord, help us to realize that the, the people out in this world are your sons and daughters too. And you, you, your heart is broken for their, uh, for their salvation, lack of salvation, just like we would be heartbroken if we lost one of our children and, they, and couldn't find them. So, Lord, help us to, to understand how you feel about the lost and help us to, to have a passion for them too uh, so that we can... Look forward to them celebrating, coming home and finding the freedom and the forgiveness that their Father in Heaven has for them and the celebration. So Lord, just, just get us motivated, Lord. Get us pumped up so that we can experience that joy of celebration. In Jesus' name, amen. Good to be here with you today. Uh, let's go out there and let's, let's work towards that great celebration somebody in our lives i hope that we've been thinking all along about people in our lives people that we work with people that we we see all the time in our lives that aren't christians that don't know jesus as their savior you know let's 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 be working on that uh together um if you need help let us know you know let somebody know maybe they could help you maybe you could go out to eat and have coffee with and and, and invite somebody to come along with you you know and and the three of you uh, can can get to know this person 
uh, might be easier for you if you had somebody with you. Uh, just think about it. Ask God to show you what, give me a plan, Lord, of how I can reach this person in my life that I see every day who I know is lost uh, and needs Jesus. So Facebook, same thing. Uh, anybody that needs to know Jesus as their Savior and has not walked down the road yet, here's the road right here. <laughs> Uh, you could walk down the road right here and uh, accept Jesus as your Savior today. Decide to repent. Um, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And God's not going to scold you. He's not going to punish you. He's just going to welcome you into the house. And so uh, maybe you need to do that. Facebook, give me a call. Let's get together if you need to make that decision too. Let's sing our closing song.